0: Pulling out the coupe at the lot, told for a 12-fuck SWAT. Buzzing all the bells out the box, I just hit the lick with the box Had to put the stick in the box, mm, pull up the whole damn seal, I'ma get lazy I got the mojo deals, we been trapping like the 80s She said the nigga sold, got the cash out
1: Told him wipe a nigga, no, say slack,
0: slack I won't never sell my soul
1: Welcome to uh, episode three of uh, Gale Boys, the podcast you listen to. And this is uh, an extra special one because it's uh, a Halloween episode. Ooh. 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 We're, we're, finally, we're finally getting there. Our favourite time of the year for, uh, for people like us. And the one that got my thoughts, the spooky scene. Yep. So we're going to be talking about the new uh, Hellraiser movie, which uh, just dropped on Hulu but uh, we get into it, we didn't actually watch it through that, so...
0: Yeah, um, fuck. I'm
1: joined, as, uh, as always, by my, uh, friend and co-host, Liam
0: Yeah, uh, yep, um, so, Halloween is upon us, uh, and that means the weather's getting worse, um, I feel for my friend up in Glasgow, Jordan, who is currently freezing his ass off as we speak.
1: Yeah, there's, uh, a lot of... Shit has happened the last two weeks. Fucking Kanye has gone like full on uh, Black History life which is uh, people have been shocked by that. But like, if you paid attention to like any of his music, you could tell he's like always just been that guy. He's just gotten worse over the years. Yeah,
0: I think hanging out with Candace Owens during that weekend really, fun. like, she must have been like, "Hey, you ever heard of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion? You may want to give this a read."
1: Yeah, fucking, uh, the the whole, uh, he's been hanging on with, like, Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire crew for a while, which is, like, if you're, like, Kanye rich, I can't imagine you're doing that for any sort of monetary reason, you're just, I don't know, maybe he's just bored, I don't fucking know, I don't know what Kanye gets up to, I I don't know, but
0: I, I do, I do think the... The trade, like, because a lot of people are finding out what black Hebrew Israelites actually are through Kanye. And I know I call him that because he said in one of those tweets that got deleted that, um, uh, that they the Jews have taken our place. And I'm like, bang, he just he just confirmed it right there. And I know this is Definitely. trite, I know this is trite shit to talk about, but there is something so fucking entertaining about watching a billionaire just burn his entire career down over the course of a weekend.
1: Yeah, the, the whole Black Israelite thing is great, because, like, they're, like, this roving brand of, like, Black anti-Semites who just, like, to just, like, harass Hasidic Jews. Like, we're, like, if you go into YouTube and just type in Black Israelites, every video is just, like... It's just like Mad Max. It's just this roving gang, fucking harassing people. It's it's fucking
0: weird. I remember but, uh, I, I was one of them. Yeah, now, so. I remember um, it, when I was in Toronto and I uh, there was a there was there's a there's Dundas Square where every all the crazy preachers go to preach. And one of the guys was there. One of those dudes was promoting it. And I was talking to him, and I'm like, I was I was kind of interested. And then he started talking about his feelings for the Jews, and then I just walked away. I'm like, we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're getting real fucking racist here we're, we're done you're getting real fucked up like real fucked up
1: yeah that's like part of like it's like an off branch of the whole hotep thing yeah. of like no uh arabs like like it comes from somewhere like your average is really is like a white american so them pretending to be like middle east done this like a fuck you to everyone that loves there. But at the same time, like that's no excuse to be a like fucking black Israelite. Yeah, like, but
0: it's it's a very and not all of them are anti Semitic, but there is a very large chunk of them that are
1: Yeah, it's like the whole Muslim Brotherhood thing. It's all like uh know where the real jews this entire time and uh, by the way another very like
0: weird another crossover is that they're both real cushy with the kkk at least one of the founders of the kkk was like well they hate the jews so we got to be friends with them
1: oh yeah that was like uh that was like og rainbow Coalition and shit like the uh the twitter handshaking emoji (laughs) like yeah yeah Yeah. uh You, you all get like very weird crossovers Pop up uh, throughout fucking history, like the SPD and the Fide Core, or the fucking MKVD Gestapo meops. It's like very weird uh, avengers all crossovers yeah. like that. But uh,
0: <laughs> it's the best. It's the best crossover since Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> just the fucking roving <sighs> gangs of psychos. Also, uh, before I just because again, there's been a lot of fun shit that's happened over this the course of time uh, alex jones now owes a billion dollars and if i were him i'd flee to russia i would get the fuck out of dodge because you know you could appeal this as much as you want but eventually you're gonna have to pony up that fucking money
1: but yeah he could just put a snort and say yeah i'm craving a sovereign citizenship in uh Russia, or whatever. Just about what Andrew Tate did when he got fucking uh, yeah. outed for sex crimes and just fled to Romania. And
0: even then, he still got in do, trouble uh, over there. He got raided by the Romanian uh, police. I think even he had to flee Romania. Yeah.
1: How much do you need to fuck up in order to, like, like get into trouble with the Romanians. That's like one of the fucking sex trafficking capitals of Eastern Europe. Fucking Steven like, Seagal lived there cabos. for a
0: while and didn't get in trouble. <laughs> he did, yeah, yeah. Like that's something. Yeah, like
1: the last like fifteen years of his movies come out comes out of there. So yeah, yeah.
0: it's um no, it's right. it's just it's just yeah. If I were Alex Jones, I'd run or at least get ready to run. I wouldn't even tell my 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 workers, I wouldn't even bring my family, I would just fucking run.
1: Yeah, fuck it. Unless he, like, somehow manages to pull a fucking uh, Roger Stone and manages to, like, get out of it. Or, or, or like, an, like yeah, or Andrew
0: or right, uh, Peter Thiel gives him a massive fucking bailout, which Peter Thiel's got better and shit. And
1: I saw some, uh, I saw some shitposts, I don't know if this is real. like Elon Musk is willing to stomp for these legal fees, which... Probably isn't going to happen. because no. Musk is a notorious huckster, so, and he doesn't like. I don't think Musk actually has money. He just does a Trump thing where he says he has money, yeah. but in reality, he's just a fucking. Uh, he's just a.
0: He's fucking a. Really he, he's, uh, his true. He's too. He, the problem is this is why rich people can't have social media, like Peter Thiel, <laughs> despite being a a fucking puppet master of right-wing propaganda doesn't go on shit it doesn't go on shit posting tirades on twitter you know and that gives him that veneer of oh he does
1: (laughs) no no he just uh, he pays a bunch of people to do that for him yeah so he's not like Trump, but he's like the shit poster and chief like apparently he funds red scare which is very funny. Oh,
0: wow. That yeah. makes a lot... Yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I yeah,
1: think about but it. I would love to talk about Tio at one point, because his, uh... Yeah.
0: He founded a... that I would date... love to talk
1: about Tio at one point, because his backstory is, is fucking fascinating. It's like
0: a supervillain. It really is. He's like real-life yeah, yeah. Lex Luthor. Yeah,
1: his, his dad is, like, fucking some, like, West... Like, some, like, Nazi chemical engineer from West Germany. And then he moved to America, founded some, like, fucking... Like spying agency or something, and now he like funds fucking um, what was it? What was it called? The right stuff. That <laughs> Which is a like honeypot.
0: Uh, it's a literal honey trap.
1: Yeah. It's... It's not a... Yeah.
0: I, I well I mean why else is that included? The if were you at the riot on January sixth, twenty twenty one, unless you're actively <laughs> trying to hunt. Like this is a fucking honey trap. And and I by the way I just love the yes. fact like like. This idea of, like, everyone needs their own dating app. You have that old joke, like, farmers only. I'm sure the UK has plenty of fucking shit <laughs> like this. Like,
1: uh, uh, Teal has a lot of um, quote-unquote deep state connections, like like half of his fortune comes from fucking contracts with the uh, the state department. So honestly, it doesn't surprise me that fucking yeah. his dating app is just a buried trap for fucking NAGA uncles. But, uh, Jesus
0: Christ. I mean, no women are going to be using but, that uh, app, so fuck it. I mean, that, that's the old oh, joke. was that. like, well, I mean, an app for conservatives yeah. only, that's going to be a fucking sausage party. Just fucking... Yeah. But uh anyway, enough talk about um, bullshit political stuff. So we're going to get into the Halloween, although I would consider the first part of this episode definitely horror-tinged in its own fucked-up way. But we are going to be talking about... We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna mostly be talking about Clive Barker's entire bibliography, but we really want to talk about uh, the new Hellraiser reboot, remake, uh, adaptation, uh, produced by Barker and directed by David Bruckner, um, uh, who who's uh, I think was handpicked by Clive specifically for this. Yeah,
1: I, I don't really know the backstory behind this movie. I just know that um, Barker like. Barcroft's been trying to get this uh, rebooted for a long time, but uh, there's like a bunch of failed scripts going
0: back. There was years, uh, there there was it? one uh, that really intrigued me. It was written by the man who wrote and directed *Martyrs*, the French film, and he was the original first pick.
1: Yeah, there was. Uh, I read his script, and there's like a teaser of it online, like a little thirty-second. What could have been, and that looks. Very good.
0: There's a lot of similar elements in Martyrs that are in Hellraiser in terms of, like, pain is the ultimate, like... Like, it it allows... Pain allows someone to see... Like, pain shows you who you really are. Like, how much can you take?
1: Yes. It's kind of like the hostile thing where, like, some billionaire scumbag will abduct you and, like, poke you until you die for their own amusement. Which is basically the plot of this movie. Yeah, Like... The bad guy is basically just Jeffrey Epstein, but with a fucking like. <laughs> with, like monsters or Oh, you know,
0: I, I kept thinking that there is a lot of the same, like in the movie, there's a lot of the same, like, rich guy who's a sex freak and disappeared for six years and then you by the way spoiler alert for uh, anyone who hasn't seen the movie yet just straight up um though we find out he's living in the walls of his own home with that fucking machine through his <laughs> chest that is like that is awesome the, the the effects in this movie are i think all most all of them are practical i know the Cenobite suits are and i think the thing in his chest is
1: yeah it's it's more so practical i know uh Viathan is purely CG, obviously, because there's no way you can really do that. No, thing. and, and but, the box is CG, uh, no way, too. Like, yeah, when it does... The... one of the things I enjoyed about it, and it does its little uh, Tony Spenny thing. It's CG, but it's, it's... It's good CG. I know we've complained about CG before, and how, like, because of various reasons, it just, it just doesn't look as good now as it used to, but... Uh, The CG is fine here. I think I
0: think it works because what they're trying the the some of the transitions the box makes would have been fucking impossible to do with a practical box. Like trying to make that from scratch would have been, if they did, it would have been groundbreaking.
1: Yeah, the original way just like opens up and spins around, whereas here it has like a bunch of different forms which ties into the plot, which. uh, Yeah, what did you think about the uh, the plot of this? I know uh, know some people complained because it's less. I want to say sexy like the original, but there's less like uh, overt sexuality. It's definitely a more people fucking in it, but it's not really about that.
0: Yeah, it's definitely more streamlined, like a version of the story because i know the original is still pretty tame as well in terms of like i mean it's it's, because it's barker's involved Mm. directing and writing it it's a little more overt the sex element but here it feels very it felt like they wanted to streamline it for a more like main like for for a more wider audience because i watched it with my brother and i was worried that he would be turned off by all the weird sex stuff and i was surprised how little actual like because in the, this movie, the Cenobites are basically just hunt kill creatures. Like they're just like they just show up for scenes and hunt someone in a dark room and then kill them.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was genuinely surprised that like there's like two sex scenes in this and that's really it. Yeah, and the there's Cenobites are not awesome.
0: included like, in either it's of them. Less about
1: sexuality and yes, yeah. no, no, they're just. uh... I, I wouldn't say they're just like. There's like pure hunters. There is like a there is like a kind of sexual element to it. Like Pinhead has this sort of weird sexuality to her. But um yeah, it's it feels less about sex and more about like power and who has power. Yeah. And that ties into the billionaire bad guy who's yes. just he's been pulling the strings for the last like six years.
0: Like this isn't a remake, it's not really a reboot. It's more of an a reinterpretation of the text. That's how I like to view it cuz there's a lot of like real in the sense that yeah, it's the the sex element, it's about power, it's about having dominance. Like that's really that's the big thing at the end. Like you didn't want pleasure, you wanted power. And then they they take him up to heaven and one of the craziest final shots of any movie I've seen this yeah. year. Like I know that ending is a real fuck you to the audience, but that last scene when he goes up to heaven and just gets reflayed like a fucking deer is one of the most, and that last shot, like, he's smiling like a crazy, and the camera pulls out, and you just see him, and that's the end. I'm like, that's wild. <laughs> that's fucked.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's just the Hellraiser 2 thing. see people turn into a fucking Cenobite, and it's, like, the most gross thing you can imagine, like, stuff's being pumped into them to replace their blood and their fucking skin goes all pale yeah. it's it's generally fucked up I've, but and i yeah, think i and i love but, uh, there's a bit I it- like the ending because uh as you say, it as a as a fuck you like the, like the main character gets away but it's like the stuff she goes through is just like I don't want to win anything here that I, I, I survive, but I don't yeah. win.
0: Everything. Cause, cause I mean, you, you see their gifts and you realize, Oh, these, cause their idea, like, I love that whole, the backstory of uh, the Epstein millionaire, like their idea of pleasure is way different from what I expected. <laughs> and he's, he's regretting, he regrets his decision almost immediately and decides I got to start from scratch. I got to get this thing out of me.
1: Yeah. That's uh. That's what I do enjoy about it, because not Jeffrey Epstein says to the main character, like, whatever they offer you, don't fucking take it, because it's what you think it's going to be. (laughs) Like, yeah. If you want your brother back, he's probably going to come back as a fucking zombie, so do not take whatever they fucking offer you. Just don't do it. And I... uh, What I I enjoy about it as well is, is, uh, like... He has his own Jocelyn Maxwell as well. Yeah, he does. I, like, he uh, has his pimp. Adult. He has a pimp, literally. The care home.
0: Yeah. Um, just like a... He has... <laughs> I forgot about that. I'm like, yeah, she's basically Ghislaine Maxwell. And uh, I love her scene where, like... They... I love the, the scene. She's like, she's freaking out. They take the thing out of the Cenobite's eye. And then the other Cenobite says, Save your breath for screaming. I'm like, Jesus
1: this what uh, the scene at the start where um it's this it's this like weird eyes wide shut sex party and then like the red boy gets taken into the uh, Jeffrey Epstein's museum and he's like oh fiddle off my box and maybe you will get something yeah
0: yeah uh, because I, I that. think that's such an interest yeah it's such an, an interesting way to to because you I would imagine. That if this, because I love the I love the opening yeah. really much because like they have to go to Siberia to get this fucking thing and it's given to them by a creepy old man sitting on a bench. Like, you sure you want this thing, Because This will fuck you up. Like, you really don't want this.
1: Yeah, the original wits, uh, it's like Marrakesh or something, and Frank goes to the uh, the old wizard from that one uh, Halloween Simpsons episode with the uh, killer crusty doll. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> this box is cursed.
0: Yeah, so he takes it and then, like, yeah, and and I, I, yeah, I love the idea of like, uh, the the how how it plays into like, yeah, a fucked up dude getting this thing would probably, they would like, especially a rich dude. This is probably how it would go down. Like, he'd be told, like, you will get, you will get, you literally, if you kill, if you sacrifice five people, you get to speak to God and get whatever the fuck you want. So,
1: yeah, I. It, that does make sense because there is this weird mythology around it, like you kill a bunch of people and you get one wish and it's it varies depending on like what you're into. Originally he wants pleasure and pleasure to these fucked up sm monsters is driving some machine through his body which just like fucks with him constantly, like he's just he's been stuck for six years with this like organ grinder through his chest. And like, when he he, uh, he he's like trying to fiddle it with pliers, and as soon as he gets it to stop, it just restarts again. So there's obviously no way to uh, to fix that. So much as why he's um he's starting this rampage again.
0: Yeah,
1: just and to, uh,
0: and uh, he has yeah. um he has. I and mean, we brought up his Galen Maxwell companion. He also uh, he also has that one guy who uh, I actually didn't see that coming. He ends up uh, the 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 boyfriend of the main character is uh being paid by this dude to bring people to his mansion to sacrifice them (laughs) to this fucking box it's 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 in a lot of ways it's very much heavily like it epstein was a very clear inspiration for this like it's almost it's almost comical how much like you you could see the parallels
1: yeah, I'm kind of disappointed the uh, The house didn't look like that fucking weird temple we had on his island. Is, uh, <laughs> it kind
0: of does! I mean, it has the grate around it, and it... it's just not, yeah, like, a, a weird... it Yeah, I suppose
1: it has this weird McMansion quality to it, which is, um... Yeah, I, I can't really imagine what the fuck went down there out in the open. It's eyes wide shut, but behind closed doors, it's fucking something completely different.
0: Yeah, um, but, but uh, I really want to get into one of the
1: things I uh, one of the things I like about that character is um, they never explicitly say what his sexuality is. That is he's, true. He's very ambiguous,
0: and the and the um and the and his victims are all like you have one is his gardener, the other is a woman he dated. Like, it's it's not even about sex, it's just killing them to get what I want, which is a, a visit with God. Like, he doesn't care about banging mm. these people, because that's not the point. He just needs bodies, that's it. He needs bodies to give yeah, to these fucking monsters. The, uh, yeah,
1: to commune with the uh, the giant diamond from an uh, Evangelion. Oh <laughs> man, that laugh. time I.
0: <laughs> oh man. That, that scene yeah. is... That's probably the closest it gets to Hellraiser 2 where we actually get, like, the final kill and then, like, a fucking pyramid, a black pyramid comes out of the sky.
1: <laughs> yeah, every time I see that, I just, like, go fucking the, uh, the, like, third impact shit from uh, Evangelion. Like, the whole just world is coming to an end whenever the fucking Leviathan appears in the sky. Yeah. yeah I love that shit. Oh, man. I, I fucking wish they went into that more with the, uh, of the original sequels, because that's, that's only in the second one, I think.
0: Yeah, I think the problem is, is that the the, uh, the, the novels are very transgressive, and in the 80s, that shit was not okay, like very famously, he did Night, Clyde Barker wrote and directed Nightbreed, and had a bad time making that, I think there's like four cuts of that movie, there's the theatrical cut, the cabal cut, and then I think there's a third director's cut,
1: yeah, there's, uh, I've seen the theatrical and the Cabal Cup, but there's like two other cuts out there which just, we'll just would never see the light of day because it's, it's just lost to history. Yep. But, um, I know. Uh, I know. Kawhi Barker's original intentions for that movie it was going to be a lot darker, but because of the uh, the British censorship, which people forget, that first movie is technically a British movie. That first Hellraiser movie. Yeah,
0: it is. It's uh, it has, a lot of it has, British. Like,
1: some Americans in it, but has. As a uh, filmed in Britain, confined to the very red, red, brave standups. Yeah, I don't
0: know. So, so that's that's unfortunate. Yeah. Which I mean, I mean, it is. It's he managed to get away with a lot, though. But but the old saying, like a true adaptation of of like Hellraiser, it, like written, directed by Clive Barker, an adaptation, a real adaptation of Hellraiser would have been so fucked up and insane and very sexual. <laughs>
1: I have read the uh, the original book, uh, "The Hellbound tops and also the audio book is on YouTube, narrated by uh, by Barker himself. Yeah. It's very uh, oh. interesting. I really I re-listened um, to it.
0: It's fucking great. Oh, he's so good at reading. That oh yeah, thing. he's.
1: But Barker's not an actor, but the way he voices some of those characters, like the Cenobites or these weird like like sexless robots that just. That yeah. just that's one of the things I'm disappointed about that original movie, and the original uh, in the movie the xenobites are just these like evil killers. Whereas in the book they like they offer you, um, they like offer to fucking take you away before they do it. Yeah, they they, just, they, like, they 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 seduce and kill you.
0: They seduce you in a way, like that's how I interpret it. It's seduction, like come in another room, we'll do this where no one can see us.
1: Yeah, and uh, the way he describes Frank's, like, sensory overload. as soon as he takes the deal, like, like a drop of gravy on his tongue from yesterday's uh, dinner, almost drives him insane, As uh, man, I wish I saw that in a movie. That'd be that fun. line would have
0: been, yeah, that yeah. And that line in particular is like, that's so vivid, like, it's so, like, wow, you, you fucking can picture that in your head very clearly.
1: Yeah barker's very good at descriptions um have you ever read Candyman, yep. which is part of his uh, like his books of blogs. i think that's
0: what's so interesting uh, a lot of people forget he wrote Candyman, which like before yeah. like because there is this like sense of like burnett rose's adaptation or jordan peele's adaptation but it all comes back to clive barker like
1: yeah, the uh, the original story I think is set in Liverpool during the eighties or something, and the Candyman is this uh, is this grotesque fucking like there's this Doctor Who villain from the uh, Sylvester McCoy's on of uh, of Doctor Who called the Candyman, and he is just this, this like monster made out of sugar with this weird outfit, and that's the way Barker describes him. He's like. He has this fucked up coat and like his skin is translucent. It's it's very fucking horrible. There's, yeah, it's uh, it's very his Bernard Rose's take is very, as I said, fan of the opera. Yeah, the, like, there uh, is magic. and
0: Tony Todd like like, yeah, it's and and then we have Jordan Peele's Jordan Peele's version is so frustrating to me because it is like, I I get that it's always been a story about um you know because the Candyman's origin is. He was uh, he was framed as a slave and they fed him to bees. And they just take that and just, like, that's all that matters to Jordan Peele. Like, not any of the other stuff. It's just the socio-political aspect, which is fine. But it is, like, there's so much more to Candyman than just being a story about race. Because like, I don't think, like, the original text, I don't think there's any race to it at all. I think it's just a, a fucked up horror story. Yeah.
1: No, the candy Man is, um, he's just a monster that kills kids. Like, um, one of the things I did enjoy about the pure version is, um, the candy with uh, razor blades in it. That was which cool. Which is from the original uh, Barker story. Yeah. I do really like it, also um, the, the
0: little paper, yes. the little paper puppet thing that they do in that, because, uh, they tell the story, and they like, oh, they, yeah, they tell the story of, like, was, James yeah. Byrd Jr. through that, which, if you don't know, is a horrible fucking hate crime that happened in Texas, and a lot of people didn't know about that until they saw that movie, which I find very depressing. That, like, we live yeah. in a world where we have to learn about horrible, horrible shit through the through the realm of, like, trashy entertainment.
1: Yeah. I was, uh, I was alone when I went to go see that movie. Like, um, I was watching, like, the only one in the field to watch P.O.'s Candyman. And, like, as soon as this credit started to roll with the puppets, like... It's one of the most eerie experiences I've ever had in a cinema. That is, It's, it's yeah. fucking, like... Oh, <laughs> I can't even imagine, because, no, I, I mean... like this.
0: Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, but I, I think it's... Um, yeah, it's so funny, though, because you have... There are three texts about Candyman, and they're all wildly different in terms of tone mm. and what they're about. Like, it's fascinating. But uh, just real quickly, going back uh, to Hellraiser, there is this, like... And I really quickly, may as well get into this, uh, the the way the Cenobites are designed in this new film are so fucking creepy to me. Like, there's something about them. They're all, like... Mm. And they have different, like, personalities. Um, like, there are some that just saunter, like, slowly over to you, and then there are some that just fucking shake crazily and just run.
1: Yeah, it's not like the original, where they have these very distinct S&M uniforms. Uh, these new ones have their own, like very distinct personalities and outfits. But, um, they have, uh, little pins in them, which I suppose is like the symbol for the Cenobites in this for some reason. Like they all have little pins in their eyes. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, Epstein gets like a bunch of pins in his throat at the end. Which no, uh, no, the, like um, up. he's, uh, one of the girls, one of,
0: one of the girls gets the pin through her throat. And, uh, by the new Pinhead, ah, which yeah. is, by the way, I just have to stress, the, the actress who plays Pinhead. I loved the, the, the yeah. casting of a trans woman, because I think that makes a lot of sense with, if you read Hellbound Heart, the way that Pinhead is described as androgynous. Doug Bradley wore a fucking dress in the original film. <laughs> like, it's always been there. So it yeah, just it makes sense to go all the yeah. way and just cast a trans woman in the role and i was i when i heard that i was like man there's gonna be a lot of people who haven't read the book they're gonna make outrage videos about this
1: yeah i have seen uh, numerous uh hillries are going woke oh World, maybe you should uh, maybe you should YouTube read the business. book like, fucker <laughs> I mean, yeah the book's on youtube like Craig barker actually describes them as like genderless things like, if even if you look at them, you just... You don't, like, really know, like, what they are. They're just... They're, they're almost like dolls. These, like, talking dolls that would just, like, grow. you That and, actually...
0: And, um... That's a good comparison, because there is one that looks like he's covered in porcelain. There's that white one.
1: Yeah. That yeah. has,
0: like... It's very... And I just love how specific some of the designs are. You have that. You have the one guy who's, like, wearing, like... It's all leather. And you just see his mouth, and it's this big fucking sharp toothed grin. Like seriously the centibyte designs in this, they fucking knocked it out of the park, some of them. Like they're really fucking scary.
1: Yeah. It's not like it is or fee where you have your know, camera head or C D <laughs> man or the fucking
0: I was I was
1: fucking
0: I was very disappointed Dude. Butterball didn't come back, the big fat one from the original. I'm like, come on, you gotta have yeah, a, like you that. gotta have a like fat that. one. I mean, you gotta have a big yeah. gross fucking fat one granted like it, it and i just and really quick yeah. going back to pinhead uh the actress just knocked this out of the park and i love her like her voice her the way that she talks in the movie is so fucking chilling like and jesus it's 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 a bit of a breakout for her i hope i hope she gets more work i really really do yeah
1: she's going a sense it the um wachowski sisters on netflix through, oh that that makes which sense i haven't seen but uh, but yeah this is like this is like her first big movie so
0: i mean she she got to play pinhead that's uh, how many people get that opportunity to play one of the yeah. classic villains of horror so yeah. but yeah it just it's um and i
1: think it's i think the complaints mostly stem from like that first movie and the way Bradley portrays that character is so iconic that like any deviance from it is. That this is, a, yeah, but, but I, I the same play. Like.
0: I think it works because again, the the this new one is so drastically different from any other. Even the yeah. even the bad DTV sequels don't feel like this movie does. Like it has, and yeah. I know there's been a lot of complaints about the lighting, and some of it's pretty fucking weird. But I actually dug it. I actually dug how dark it was lit. It almost felt like natural lighting at certain points.
1: Yeah, uh, I've heard some complaints about that as well, but I thought it was fine. Like the lighting makes sense here, yeah, in it... a way that like some of the other Hellraiser movies don't. Like I feel, I feel like like some of those fucking DTV movies are just so shoddy and fucking like queerly made to fucking keep this franchise going for the fucking uh, yeah. Weinstein's. I I, people forget that fucking like the Weinsteins used to own Hellraiser. Yeah,
0: and uh, let's face it, the Weinsteins were pricks even before all that shit came out about you know Harvey and Bob and all that. But like they were, they held this fucking these rights hostage and would not give it back to Barker. Like, every time a new Hellraiser film came out, Barker said, uh, I had to go on Twitter and say, I don't condone this, fuck this shit. (laughs) (laughs) So he was very, I, he probably felt very happy when Bob had that big yard sale after his brother went to prison.
1: Oh yeah, because Barker has, like, a a weird love-hate relationship with Hellraiser, like, uh, he wrote a sequel to Hellbound Heart when he fucking, like, Kills off Pinhead and like some dumb fucking uh, over the top way, but um, yeah he uh, yeah he also like he also clearly still wants to be a part of it. Like as you said, he produced this and uh, uh, David Goyer wrote the script for this, which is fucking. He co-
0: well he it's interesting because he has a story by credit. And then the actual screenplay is written by the treat the duo who wrote uh, David's previous film, which was uh, The Night House, which I think is the movie that got yeah. Barker uh, that made him choose David to do this.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Uh, have you seen yeah, the night like, H- uh,
1: Have you seen uh, the Night House? Uh, I've heard all of it, but I haven't. Uh... Had the chance to watch it's it. Worth- I know it's. I've heard it as, like, as just Hellraiser.
0: It is very. Yeah, there is a lot of, like, it, it really does feel like Buckner's uh, tryout for Hellraiser. Because there is, like, there's a. And there's, there's a prop in the film that very much feels like a Hellraiser prop. And there is, like, a bunch of cosmic horror elements to it. Like. And it's a movie that I've watched and I don't really understand what happened in it. Because it's so. It gets so vague, it, some of it is so vague and weird, and it, it's a, it's a, it's a real interesting horror film, it's, it does have that unfortunate thing that, now that all horror movies must be about fucking trauma, which seems to be the running yeah. theme, and I fucking hate it.
1: Yeah, it's like, uh, the new Halloween as well, which is, uh, yeah, everything has to be about, uh... Things suck, Yeah, sure. yeah, why,
0: why, yeah this is why sure. I liked uh, Ty West. Um... This is why I like Ty West's act so much, because it's all about just like tits, blood, gore, yeah, and madness. There's no subtext to it at all, and it feels refreshing. Yeah. It feels refreshing, like because yes. it, it has the A24 yeah. logo on it, and you think, oh, it's going to be highbrow. No, it's about as sleazy as it fucking gets. The vi- the entire reason the villain is doing what she's doing is that she can't fuck and she's jealous. Because if I fuck my husband, she's gonna die. <laughs> he's going to die of a heart attack.
1: That's, uh, watching the original trailer for that, I thought it was just going to be some, like, dumb supernatural horror. Like, the granny's going to be possessed. But, you no, know, like, watching it as just, like, this old woman is mad because the fucking, her husband just went yeah. fuck her. In. And now these
0: porn yeah. stars are filming in their farm, and yeah, she's yeah. really not happy. <laughs>
1: have to pay, yeah. Yeah. It's- I'm happy that, uh ruckner is able to go into to bigger and better things because that seems to be a a running thread for this year. With for um with like small indie holler directors go on to the bigger things like Damien Leone just this other a lot of success of Terrifier, to. So. Oh,
0: I want to see that so bad.
1: Fuck no. And he's, he's going,
0: sure. he's going full William Castle with it uh, on Twitter. He won't stop talking about how people are fainting during his movie. And I'm like, good, roll with it, be a fucking showman. Like,
1: yeah, you you don't really see anything like that anymore. Like, I feel like Hitchcock was the last one to really lead into shit like that. Yeah. But, no, uh,
0: William Castle's still the king yeah, of that fucking um, like just real fucking hamming up like my movie is this fucked up and and i know there's some other people like that i know parker finn uh this one first time director uh made smile and kicked uh david o. russell's ass at the box office which made me feel so happy <laughs> that like yeah so i think we'll we'll wrap this up um so the new hellraiser is pretty damn good um and I think if you're, and it's accessible enough, you don't have to be into weird sex shit to really understand it. Like I thought it was gonna be way more full on than it actually ended up being. And um, you know, it, it's 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 just a solid horror film all around. You know, it's and it, it's got some interesting th- ideas to it. And that la- just that last shot's worth the price of admission alone. It's so, <laughs> it's amazing, the the pathos of it the the sheer spectacle of it, like, it really is, I think, the best last shot I've seen in a movie this year.
1: Yeah, it's, it's good. I didn't expect much from it, because uh, I know there was, uh, like, the last Hellraiser movie, which went straight to DVD, like, Hellraiser Revelation or some shit was just, like, so bad, it maybe me want to just quit the fucking, like, movies altogether. But, um, so I wasn't expecting much from this. And then actually watching it, I was like, oh this is pretty fucking good for like a like low timid budget uh steaming holler movie. Yeah. Which is uh which is weird to say. Yeah. But um yeah, I recommend it, it's it's good. Uh and I, I do hope we get a sequel from it because the way that end it kind of it kind of teases that up. But if it is just a standalone thing, I'd be fine with that. Uh, I know we have like a timetable of stuff we're supposed to be doing in the future. I think uh, Salo is the next movie we're supposed to be doing. We're su- we supposed to be doing that today, but we decided to Hellraiser. Uh, I think because it's it's you know, more Halloween yeah, and it's stuff. more Halloweenish. And- yeah, but as. Whereas when we get to Salo, a lot of that stuff becomes very real world, which is... Uh, oh, we, we, which we... we'll get into, but, man... We may be bringing Jesus up a Christ. certain
0: Prime Minister that has just been elected, um... In our interview <laughs> of... In our review of Salo, where, um... Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, the, I, I remember the first time I saw that, like, I had no idea. I had, like... I knew it was fucked up, but I didn't know what was going to be in it context-wise. And that scene where they're just all gathered around the table when just eating fucking dinner plates of shit. Uh, my
0: my favorite thing uh, to do uh, with people I watch it with is uh, during that scene, give them a Snickers bar and a bottle of water, and you have to finish both before the end of the scene.
1: <laughs> uh. Uh, Jesus we, yeah, we should. join us uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, we, uh, we next should. time for a. Uh one of the most, uh, fucked up movies
0: for me. Yeah. gonna talk about the dangers of Halloween and what you're exposing your children to. I'm delighted to present to you my second novel, Avenger of Blood. We as a society have become so inundated with smut on the television, pornography, and the Avenger of Blood has sworn to kill the Roman soldier who raped his sister on Patmos, making their lives a living nightmare. Halloween is nothing but the repackaging of the theology of Satan in a very fun, a joyous package to get your children to dabble with it. And if you read one book this year, make it the Avenger of Blood.